following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, RadioLawTalk.com. Welcome to Hour 2 of Radio Law Talk. It is probably illegal to have as much fun as we have here on Radio Law Talk. Denise Dirks is a California family law attorney. I am a California and and DC, Washington, D.C. personal injury lawyer. Todd Kunin is a former prosecutor for the district attorney's office in Tennessee and in California. He is a uh, criminal defense lawyer. We have Cal Hunter, three-time Emmy Award nominee, but never a winner, and thinks he's a lawyer as our producer and running our board. Thank you, Cal, for being here. I do not think I'm a lawyer. I know, but sometimes you tell your wife you think you're a lawyer. I do. I come in, I wear like a lawyer clothes and a suit, and she likes it when I pretend to be a lawyer. Well, no, I thought it was the judge's uh, <laughs> outfit you had on. The thing is, is he's not a lawyer, but dang it, if he doesn't make sense so much of the time. He's smarter than Golly. most. Golly. smarter than most. Lawyers. And I say depends so many times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly right. right. Hey, if you want to call us at 855-LAW-RADIO, uh, give us a call or tweet us at Radio Law Talk during the week uh, or at any time. If you want to send us an email, it's info at radiolawtalk.com. People go to our website um, at www.radiolawtalk.com. You can listen live there. Or the best part is you can go back and listen to our old podcasts or our old live uh, you know, shows, and we turn them into a podcast. Everyone goes, oh, you do a podcast. No, actually, we do live shows, and then we turn them into podcasts. Uh, remember, Pacific Standard Time live, 9 to noon on your local station. If your local station is not carrying it, do us a favor and call them and say, would you start carrying Radio Law Talk? We have had people do that, and it's helped us uh, get more stations. We are on the verge of uh, having even more stations join us right on the verge, probably about 35 stations right now uh, on the verge of adding us. So uh, we, we think we're doing a good job. We have fun, and it's informative. Um, sometimes you might learn something, but remember, do not take what we say and take it to court, a court of law. Find an attorney locally to help you with your issue. People have emailed me before and said, hey, please, can you a- a- answer the question about this case, a specific case of theirs? And the answer is no, we don't, we, we're not going to give legal opinions because that is uh, up to your local attorney to help you out. Um, remember, read our disclaimers on www.radiolawtalk.com. That is the most exciting and boring stuff you'll ever read. And Cal, I had problems sleeping last night. I should have read our disclaimers. I know. I, I didn't. I don't know why I couldn't sleep very well, but I, I, I should have read the disclaimers. We'll have to send this music to our webmaster, and every time somebody clicks on them to read, we can just have this That's music stuff. That's a good idea. That's yeah. a great idea. <laughs> uh, we're going to follow up our first hour. If you did not hear it, go back and listen to it. We have got, had a unanimous agreement here that we're going to have to follow up on this, the the breast thing we've ever talked about, and that is about the Utah lady who is, Cal got a laugh out of that, is being (laughs) prosecuted for showing her breasts during um, a a cleaning assignment and a building assignment in her garage to her stepchildren. And there is a Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals in Colorado that held that recently that it is okay, basically, in a public place for a woman to show her breasts um, uh, because if she if she cannot, then it's discriminatory because men can show their breasts, yet women can't. We're going to follow up on that discussion because I just think that we didn't cover enough, if you know what I mean, on that issue. And it is very important that we bring up a couple other points. Yes. Because there's a couple other points we need to talk about, specifically San Francisco uh, and a couple other states that have already discussed this. We're going to talk about, I call it the hiker-spinner case. This has gone viral. Those of you who haven't haven't seen it, go on to YouTube and go hiker. You can just type in hiker spinning out of control. You can say Arizona. That's where it it's happened. in Arizona. It's right. interesting to watch this hiker and lawsuits have incurred due to the fact that uh, there was a spinning issue. That's all I'm going to say. We have to talk about Johnny Depp. There's more going on with Johnny Depp. And we're going to discuss search warrants, a change in the law in California. Why do we say, even though you know we're listen, listened to all over the United States, it's important on this one because a bunch of other states have not followed this search warrant law that California had. And now California is stepping aside and going, you know, we're going to follow the rest of the country or a lot of the country and do something. Yeah. And it was a relatively new um, California Supreme Court decision that kind of introduced the idea. 
and was in law for a long time. Yep, that's right. So we're going to discuss that. But more important than that is the case or no case. Cal, get ready to roll case or no case. I'm ready. Now it's time to play case or no case. And our case or no case for this hour takes you to the great island nation of Japan. Oh. Where many Japanese retail chains forbid their female clerks from wearing eyeglasses even if they need them to see. The store Eyeglasses on Women claimed that this Eyeglasses on Women cuts down on sales because it blocks the female salesperson's eye contact with customers. So a group of clerks got together after NHK Television ran a story on this phenomenon, and a group of these retail clerks got together on sought legal counsel. And so I ask you, Denise, since you were not here last time, we'll start with you. Case. Oh, she gave me the look again, Todd. Because you're punishing me. No, not at all. Case. For sleeping in? Or no case. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Punisher for sleeping in. You can in. tell I raised eight kids, many of whom slept in frequently. <laughs> Nine kids. Case or no case? What do you say, Denise? Um, if it's not a case, it should be. But Japanese law is so different. So um, I'm going to say it's a real scenario, but not a case. Okay, Mr. Penny, dealers left. What say you, case or no case? Denise, I don't know if we think alike. That's the first thing I thought. This is a real scenario, but no case came about. And I'm telling you why. The Japanese culture back in Japan is very conservative. I don't know that anyone would be, quote, bringing a lawsuit uh, in Japan over this. But I could see something like this happening. I think it's a true scenario. How, what the evidence is and proof that... Because they're wearing glasses, it's going to reduce the sales. I have no idea, but uh, they probably have some valid reason that they think uh, that this should not occur. Therefore, it is a scenario, but no case. All right. Mr. Cunin, your opportunity to weigh in on case or no case, if you please. Well, I have a little bit of experience with the Japanese people. I was a Japanese major in college. Oh, yeah. Yes, I have a degree in Japanese. And you Japanese, lived there for a couple of years, did you? I lived there for you? two years. Yeah, yeah. And that is of absolutely no use to me in this case whatsoever. <laughs> Although I do agree with Fred and Denise. Look, um... With all due respect to the folks across the Pacific Ocean in the island nation of Japan, when it comes to workplace protections that we are familiar with and used to here in the United States, they have a different set uh, there. So I have no doubt that this is a true scenario. But I also know that the Japanese are moving toward what we enjoy here in America as far as workplace protection. So I'm going to say it does end up being a lawsuit. And Mm. they do end up, the clerks end up getting protection from this law, this workplace thing under a a discrimination theory. Look, we can't see. I I have a condition. I have to have my glasses. So I'm going to say that the clerks prevail. It's a lawsuit, and they prevail. Okay. Oh, I think we should tease this one, Cal. Well, I I agree, because I think it merits some discussion. We were talking about discrimination last hour in Utah and over the whole, you know, shirt on, shirt off. And next hour, we're going to talk about free the nipple case in case or no case, I hold well in a different way. No. But anyway, it all ties together here. So I agree with you. We'll, we'll carry it. And over in the here. meantime, we have some extra Krispy Kreme donuts that we talked about mm, first hour. Donuts. We won't talk about it this time, but they're <laughs> sitting in there, and we've opined on that. If you want to hear us uh, during the week and you just miss us badly, go to www.radiolawtalk.com and go to our podcast. And you can search Denise by topic. Search by topic, and you can go find that podcast. We'll be back. We're going to talk a little more about case or no case. This is Radio Law Talk on Radio RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station, and we will be right back. Hold on. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to prolawfirms.com. 
They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to PennyLawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. I'm going to quick quack car wash. Get my car washed, make it quick quack, pretty shiny, sexy, just because I want to don't drive dirty. Going to get my car suds in the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack, quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car. Watch a hundred feet of cloth washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick quack. Don't spruce her up just like that. You'll be happy looking snappy. You'll be glad you was at the quick quack car wash. Get on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick quack in the local area. Get in your car, get in your truck, get on the road, come visit the duck. Quick Quack Car Wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo. But first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? Right then. Well, uh, Denise, you go ahead. Non uti consilius me purpurium juris consult. Latin, that's a nice touch. Thank you, Denise. Next time we'll try it in English if that's okay. Fred, how about you? Cal, I don't want to read all this. Can we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues and they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here? Well, we could, I guess. Uh, Chris? I'm not going to be there anyway. Why have me do it? Let's, Let's have, have Todd, Todd do it. it. Me? Read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. <clears throat> the information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general. The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on RadioLawTalk.com as well. No points for you. If you pay my fee, I'll take your cake. Now back to the show. Here's Fred, Denise, and Todd. Case hey, or no case? Yeah, hey, we're, we're doing case or no case right now. We had a uh, uh, issue in Japan where retail chains were saying that female clerks could not wear eyeglasses because... The sales would go down when they'd wear their eyeglasses. We don't know why. Denise and I both said it's a scenario but not a case due to the fact they think it's more conservative there. They don't bring these lawsuits. Especially um, against employers. Against employers. And then uh, Todd, who lived in Japan and speaks some Japanese. Can you say something in Japanese? What did you say? I lived in Hokkaido for two years, and after that, I studied Japanese. I thought he said, if you're wearing glasses, I'm not buying the buying the socks. Can you say <laughs> that? Can you say, if I'm not wearing glasses? Uh, no, you can't remember. I used to work in an international money um, place in the airport in Anchorage, and um, I used to say, 
Dopo Rigato. Dopo? Dopo? Because that's what I thought it was. <laughs> and they were so polite, every single person would go, you know, and bend, bend and, you know, like say, nice. thank you for me saying the wrong word. <laughs> Maybe we should do that from now on in the United that's States. That's because Dopo, and this is, Dopo means I am going to shoot you. I'm kidding. It is not. But did, you can see the look on her face. No, I, I could I could see I could see the Japanese totally Im, imposing this don't wear glasses because the sales goes down under the theory that people want to buy stuff from women that are attractive and the belief is traditionally in Japan that if you're wearing glasses it it not detracts from the beauty. Okay, Cal. Well, there the, fasc- it is. the fascinating part is that men in Japan can wear all the glasses they want to on the sales floor. So there's no, you know, they're, they're no, that's an issue. And they have to keep their shirts on. As, as far as we know. <laughs> in most establishments, yeah, yes, there may be one yes, or two yes, or not. Yes, yes. But as Denise and Fred pointed out, for those of you who say this is a case, that was you, Todd, Uh-oh. right? I'm sorry, but... Uh, yeah. Yes, Denise, yeah. high five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We nailed For it. For those of you who say it was just a good scenario, but yeah, no case, that's that would be Fred. And, I, yeah. and Denise, and congratulations that's to the both of you. That's two points, each of us. Yeah, what did you get first hour? Cause I one got... point. I got one point. And Todd got two. I got two. All right, so Cal, next, next hour, I'm going to take you to a shop class and a case of a nipple gag that went way too far. That's on our next case Ooh, or no case. case yeah. And now back to Radio Law Talk. Speaking of nipple gag, we the first hour we talked about the the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, saying in Colorado that that you can't discriminate against a woman taking her top off and a man out in public. And now there is an issue in Utah that we brought up first hour. Go back and listen if you are just joining us. Where this woman is fighting for char- that charges against her for showing her breast to her stepchildren while she was in the garage doing work and didn't want to get dirty. And with her husband who took his shirt off, she took her shirt off. And 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 we didn't. We thought we were done with this, but there's some real issues we need to discuss. First of all, we know this is going to go to the Supreme Court of the United States. We went over uh, that she's being charged of a misdemeanor basically lewd, lewd acts yes. in front of minor children, and it is that a... That shocked them, right? Isn't that what the standard was? Yeah. Yes. But, but what I want to bring out is the following. The following is, um, you have to understand, this has already gone before some other Supreme Courts. In New Hampshire Supreme Court in February, they reaffirmed the conviction of three members of Free the Nipple campaign that were arrested going topless on the beach in 2016. Uh, there, a public indecency law also in Missouri was upheld in 2017. And San Francisco's public nudity ban remains in effect from a court hearing ruling in 2013. So it's it, uh, they're being upheld in other states. But yeah, but the difference here is the privacy rights of the stepmother. That's what's really at, at issue. You've got the Fourth Amendment and Fourteenth Amendment at play um, here. And she has a right in her home to be nude if she wants to. She has a right to take off her shirt. What do you if she think? Eight five five Law Radio. Eight five five Law Radio. Denise, what is the actual phone number? Eight five five. You've got it listed here. Five two nine seven two three four. What do you think about this? Because because uh, the Tenth Circuit says though, Denise, I mean, uh, agrees with you and says that. But then Todd's going to argue, but not in front of children in the privacy of your home, depending upon what the intent. I guess it goes to intent. It it does, and I'm going to say that if the free the nipple campaign and the and the decisions in San Francisco and Colorado and New Hampshire, if those end up making it to the Supreme Court, I don't think that this person's case is included in those because I see the court saying. Those decisions notwithstanding in other courts about whether or not you can expose your breasts in public do not apply in this case because you weren't in public and the offense that you were charged with had nothing to do with mere display. It had everything to do with your intent and the effect on the viewer, which was, was children. This is, a, this is a lewd act in front of children statute. And in the state of Utah, there are two ways, we talked about this, two ways you can be guilty of it. You can be guilty of it by exposing untoward parts in front of children for your own gratification or the gratification of the kids. That's one. Or two. So you can't you can't nurse. Well, it's that's for the gratification of a baby. 
sexual gratification. I was trying to be <laughs> modest, okay? Okay. So, uh, yes, you, for your own sexual desires or arousals of either yourself or the child, or you cannot expose those same body parts if you know and it's reasonably likely that it will cause affront or alarm to the children. Now, now we look at this scenario here. It's, it's interesting. There are so many different allegations, depending on which news story you read about what they were actually doing. One said they were hanging drywall in the garage. The other said that they were hanging insulation in the garage. And then the last one that I said said, no, no, they were doing insulation elsewhere. I went to the garage to take their shirts off to rinse off and get the sticky stuff off from the insulation. Why they didn't go to a bathroom, I don't know. But the problem she's got is when the kids came in, if she'd covered up a bit fine, it's when she continued to talk to them with her breasts exposed, furthering the alarm and affronting behavior. This is That's be where a, she got trouble. This is going to be a hot topic for a while because it's not going to end here. It's, it's going to go to the Supreme Court. When we come back, we're going to talk about the hiker that is suing the city of Phoenix over spinning. I'm going to talk to you about that. Johnny Depp, we're going to talk about that. And search warrant issues that are changing in the West Coast. And we're going to discuss that when we come back. Join us in a few minutes. Thanks, Cal. Take us out. You've got the Arizona case of thanks for saving my life. Now I'm going to sue you coming up after the break on Radio Law Talk. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more. Call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-617-9312. 800-617-9312. That's 800-617-9312. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376, That's 800-918-1376. Peekaboo, peekaboo, smile. Smile, buddy. Come on, smile. 
Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. <sighs> yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby. I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism. And we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Even in the hustle and noise of this modern world, we feel the pull of the forest to walk under the canopy and feel transformed. National forests are essential to life. Majestic and grand, they clean our air, supply drinking water to millions, and provide homes to countless wildlife. They fuel our imaginations, inspiring us to think big, and now's the time to do just that. Fires and natural disasters devastate our forests each year. That's why we're replanting millions of new trees across the country. The Arbor Day Foundation needs your help. We've heard the call of the wild and we've answered. Scientists, foresters, volunteers, and members, together we can preserve and protect our heritage and legacy. We must act now so that the generations of today and tomorrow can continue to depend on our forests. Visit arborday.org. See how you can help. Are you serious? Time to get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. I remember seeing this, uh, that it went viral, especially uh, on YouTube, of an elderly lady on June 4th was hiking up near Phoenix, and it's called uh, Pistawa Peak, uh, and she apparently tripped and fell along the the trail and was disoriented, needed help getting back down. And uh, the paramedics were called and they sent out a helicopter to come pick her up. Now, my understanding generally what the argument is for the plaintiffs in this case um, is that she asked to be taken down or helped down but not go in a helicopter or in the stretch in the helicopter. And she argues that, look, they put me in this helicopter stretcher thing. Over my objection. Over my objection. I didn't want to do that. I want to just help me down. But they said, no, we're going to put you in this and fly you out. Well, what happened is the jet wash from the helicopter got her spinning. And as she starts spinning 174 to 175 times, if you could see this on YouTube that she's spinning so fast. And, and they had to like let her back down to stop the spinning. And right. then when they brought her back up, she started spinning yep. again. And I mean, it, it lasted for uh, many minutes. Yeah. And apparently they had to start moving forward, lower her down and move forward to get it to stop spinning until they were able to raise her up and bring her up and put her inside the, uh, uh, the helicopter. Well, uh, she has now... Not everyone says, oh, she's brought a lawsuit. No, she's actually made a government claim. In other words, in many states, not all of them, you first have to make a government claim or a notice of a claim to the government uh, that you're going to sue them or you can make a damages claim. And if they don't agree to it and pay according to what you state, uh, generally speaking, I'm being very broad, painting it with a broad brush, then uh, you can sue them. So she has taken the first step, hired an attorney, and they filed a notice of claim against the city of Phoenix claiming that she suffered from physical, emotional, and psychological injuries due to the spinning action that actually I, I was reading about it, describing the blood vessels in her eyes. It, 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 it they somehow, popped. Yeah, popped or did something to that effect. Um, and she has had these medical bills of close to $300,000 right. due to the, quote, spinning and not necessarily her injuries. And obviously Phoenix argues, the city of Phoenix argues, no, she was fine and she needed some basically uh, medication that would stop her from throwing up. But uh, that's where the lawsuit is is going forth. And as Cal brought forth, I think Cal brought it up interesting. You get, you get, you know, 
taken care of and uh, rescued, and you go ahead and sue the rescuers. Now, if you look behind the, the scenes a little bit, I could see why she might have a claim. Hey, look, uh, just help me down. I don't want to go spinning in a helicopter. What do you guys think? Well, I think that she, yes. at first, I think it damaged her um, parts of her head inside and caused swelling and stuff. And then the other thing that it did was it, it caused her a spinal injury. And she's claiming that these injuries are a direct result of the spinning, not of her falling. I'm wondering why, though. The, don't forget, when they put them in these things, you say a spinal injury. Now, when they put them in these baskets, these are made for spinal injuries. They're usually lifting people out that have spinal injuries. I don't know how that could – again, I don't know the details. That could have caused a spinal injury when they've got her strapped into a spinal board that is for protecting from spinal injuries. I'm thinking it's possible that the fluid in the spine is, gets redistributed yes. you know, up to the head exactly. and brain swelling and encephalitis and stuff like that. Yes, exactly. But I'll tell you, I was in a motorcycle accident once, and an and, uh, uh, air ambulance came, and I said, I don't want to ride on the air ambulance. And they said, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that could okay. be a, yeah. So, but, but, yeah, I don't know that that's not true. That she could have had a spinal injury. I'm not saying that's not true. I just don't know. I don't. I didn't know that. Well, I think they just decided to take her off the mountain in that manner because it was risky for there to be people carrying her. So it may be further risk to her, but also risk to the other people that would be carrying her. And they thought this would be the safest way to remove her. But the fact that she said she didn't want to be taken off the trail in it. That's an issue. I think that's an issue. I mean, if it was a major emergency, it didn't sound like she was dying, but it was just like she was a little dizzy. Well, let, let's remember, she was the one that called, or folks on her behalf were the one that called, because she tripped, she was injured, she was disoriented. She couldn't get back down off of the hill. And on if, her own, yeah. And if it was close, they wouldn't have sent the helicopter. I mean, if you're talking 100, 200 yards or something, yeah. this she was quite a ways in. And when the helicopter got there... You know, she she can say I don't want to go in the helicopter. I want to be taken down. But if if in the opinion of the rescuers, of the medical technicians, of the first responders, that walking down is not feasible, I, I was watching the YouTube video. It's not that big of a trail. It's the trail is about as wide for one person. So how are they going to get her down? They're going to put her on a stretcher and walk her down. Yeah. Uh, they, they they can't go side by side like when you take somebody off the football field, kind of like that. They can't do that. I, I think it poses a big problem. Well, they said it was medically indicated that they had to get her out that way. Obviously, that was their opinion. It looks like, right? Yeah. I, so the issue here, you have to remember, under the law, every state is different. I'm not an Arizona lawyer, so I don't know that. But there are certain protections for first responders. In other words. They, are, they have extra protections from being sued because of an emergency situation. They're not going to do everything exactly right. But I don't know what Arizona laws are, but I think there's a lot of issues here with the plaintiffs uh, suing or trying to sue the city of Phoenix because they're going to claim all these protections for first responders. That There's got to be something That's a good point. I think that's a really good point. Now, now putting aside whether or not they can sue. Let's just, let's assume for the sake of arguments that she is ultimately able to sue. She is allowed to sue. She still has to face the hurdle of proving that the injuries that she's suffering from were caused as a result of the rescue efforts and the spinning and nothing <clears throat> else. Now, the articles and, and the research that I've done the first responders say that other than being a little dizzy and nauseous, she didn't show any signs, This the, the bloodshot eyes and the burst blood vessels and all that. Nobody saw that when they set her off. That stuff manifests later. Now, I, I fully understand and realize that people can experience what's called late bruising. That can happen, and, and I understand that. But she's going to have to show, A, that the injuries came as a result of the rescue efforts, and that, B... The rescue operators did something wrong. They were negligent. They they were at fault in the manner in which they went to go rescue her. And sometimes baskets that go into a spin, they go into a spin. It happens. And, and there are certain things that they are supposed to do to try to get out of it. But in looking at the video, it didn't start to get up to a spin. It, 
it was probably about 150 feet, 100 to 150 feet from the ground to the helicopter that she was pulled up. And it wasn't until she got to probably about a third of the way there, or with a third of the way left to go, that it really started to spin. Now, when that happens, I was researching what helicopter pilots are supposed to do. They can call for a move forward if it's feasible, or they can try to lower the basket. That's the first thing they do. Well, when they lowered the basket, it didn't really, it stopped a little bit, but when they raised it, it started going again. And you got a problem. What are you going to do if you keep pulling it up? She's going to hit her head on the helicopter. If you put right. it down, she's going to hit her head on cactus or whatever Unless else. Unless you put it down, there. it stops spinning by the time you put it down. And, and, but. They're on a slope. So when you go to set it down, if they're on a slope, you run the risk of the basket spinning and hitting the incline of the slope. It wasn't until they started moving forward, ultimately, which is what you're supposed to do, that it calmed down. No, Cal had a best. I think you just charge her like 150 bucks and call it a ride at Disneyland or a ride at Magic Mountain. That's well, what you do. That, that's arguably what spurred the lawsuit was because she went to therapy for – what she was facing rehabilitation. as a rehabilitation, yes. and she got tagged with a $275,000 bill for the rehabilitation aspect of it that she's claiming was only necessary because of the way they did the rescue. Wow. So that's what really spurred this on. Well, what do you do when you go to Disneyland and go up yeah. and down the, the, I know. Uh, the, I know. the well, roller coasters? I don't know. I'm not saying she that. She was an older woman, so I'm not sure yeah. that people her age would be going to Disneyland and spinning Voluntarily on rides. Have you been on those teapots? Woo! Those teapots get going. <laughs> I'm telling you. Especially when I start spinning that thing. I, <laughs> I, went in, I went in one when I was 11 or 12 years old with my dad, who, well, it was my dad, and my brother. I will not go in one after that. I just, I get dizzy, will not do it. Yeah, when, when you start feeling things, you look down at the grandkids and you go, well, I think that's not water. That's, uh, yeah. I better stop the spinning. That's my situation. Well, we're going to talk when we come back about Johnny Depp settling a dispute with his ex-lawyers. Let me tell you, we've had so many Johnny Depp lawsuits going on that this one is, he's starting to clean them up. They're starting to, start, and then we're going to talk about the Amber Heard lawsuit also because Amber Heard, that's an issue. And then we're going to go in and talk about the Supreme Court of California talking about warrant requirements. This is very, very interesting because usually California's the front runner they're kind of the they're in the back on this one. So we'll be back and talk about those the next segment. Stay tuned. More Radio Law Talk is straight ahead. Don't go away. Frederick Penny of Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of a- Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. 
I am Cameron Levitt, Chief Operating Officer of Concussion Medical Clinic. California's first concussion medical clinic is now open. As concussions increase each year, there has never been a greater need for concussion specialists. Our physicians at Concussion Medical Clinic are board certified in pediatric neurology and sports medicine and have partnered with universities, hospitals, and rehab clinics to expedite the recovery process. Simply put, we are elevating the standard of care. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit Concussion Medical Clinic. I've got to get my car washed, this dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today, I don't know what I do. Man, I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. Ah! We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time, and it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty & Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable, things you'll want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose online with free shipping. Just go to lettyandcompany.com. LettyandCompany.com. Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter Brooklyn was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I feel like if I didn't have anyone to push me, I wouldn't gave a bother to do it. I got one milestone down the drain, and now I got to work on the next. I see the future is really bright for me. I feel like it doesn't matter the age, as long as you go back and get it done. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence, and now I feel unstoppable. No one gets a diploma alone. You have more support than you realize. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Stop whining. You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. So um, we stay in business at Radio Law Talk due to a couple of people. Johnny Depp is one of them. And we love Johnny <laughs> Depp, but he keeps us in business. And he is actually settling another lawsuit. He had multiple lawsuits, ones against his management company, against former lawyers. And he hired a law firm to sue his former lawyers, and then he stiffed them of their $350,000, and they sued him. So, and, then, and they didn't even wait. We're talking like they won that key ruling uh, back in August of 2018 when I say this firm. It's a Buckley firm, right? I don't, I'm um, not going to bring it. I don't want to talk Anyway, that, the law firm that he hired, they won a key ruling against the um, previous attorneys. They did a good job, basically. That, yeah. But it was an important ruling because it said they can't collect their attorney fees or should not be, have gotten attorney fees or contingency fees because their fee agreement with Johnny Depp was not in writing. Okay, that was the original one, and they sued for that. Yes, they sued on behalf of Johnny Depp for that, and they won that key ruling. And then after that key ruling in December, Johnny Depp fires them because he says that he's got a contract with different attorneys to deal with all kinds of different lawsuits. So he's now entered into a contract um, with, with, another firm. with other firm. And yeah. now what, but what, what his accountant, though, apparently this is all allegations because it's settled, so we don't know, but allegedly – the, his accountant sent these lawyers and said, well, we're going to move on, but you know, we don't have the money to pay for it right now, or at least at this time we're not going to disperse that money uh, to pay for you, but we will. And yeah. so um, maybe this has spurred him on to say, oh, you will. You're going to do it right now. And so he settled this case and apparently doesn't say for how much, but, but when, the, when the accountant informs him, quote, in an effort to be cost effective, Mr. Depp and I, the accountant, decided to contract the number of law firms providing services to him and his entities. Quote, as it relates to the residual fees uh, of the law firm, 
It is our intention to satisfy these fees as soon as Mr. Depp has the financial resources. So that's from his accountants. So I'm assuming they went ahead and paid finally, and this case is settled. Now, one main lawsuit left, Denise, right? That's with Amber Heard, his former spouse, that um, allegedly on in a in a in a uh, op-ed. Uh, which, for what, the Washington it's, Post? No, it's for defamation. Yeah, it was a, yeah. a Washington Post op-ed, but it's for defamation of character. Right. Because she basically became part of the Me Too movement and said that she had been uh, abused um, by um, Depp, but she didn't say Depp's name in this op-ed at all. She right. just said previous relationship, and everybody knew that she was a former spouse of Johnny Depp. So he's saying that she held him out in, be- in wrongful light and that this abuse that she alleged never occurred. And he lost a lot of contracts he, because of that. And he lost, didn't he lose one of the Disney? Yeah, he lost a Disney franchise. That's what he's trying to argue. That's yeah. his allegations. And so what happened there is this is continued. That trial set for February 2020. They just continued it to August 2020. So not only does he settle the fee dispute with his ex-lawyers, now Johnny Depp, his lawsuit against his former spouse, is going to be continued to August 2020. The, the interesting thing is that this lawsuit's going forward against his former spouse in Virginia. But yeah, why is that? I, I don't know, because they both lived in France. So I don't know where their home state is or their state of residence is, but I, I found it interesting. So there has to be some connection with Virginia. Yeah, so we're going to be following that. That's an interesting one. We'll talk about that when the time comes for sure because, you know what, this is an ongoing thing with Johnny Depp. Uh, by the way, I think is a phenomenal actor. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, every show that I've seen, what's the one he was the Mad Hatter? What was that one? That was uh, Alice in Wonderland? Yes, right. Phenomenal. Just he's the a, guy. Yeah, really a big talent. He also sings. Doesn't he have a band? Yeah, he he's does. got a band. Todd, he should probably hook up with you. Johnny Depp, if you're out there, <laughs> Todd has a band. You can join Todd's band if you'd like. Right, Todd? Sure, sure. Yeah. You're for that? Yeah, you come on in, join the band, sit in with us. Yeah, yeah. okay. Then you can sit in on Radio Law Talk, too. Then we don't have to always talk about you. We can ha- have you sit here and tell us. In fact, Amber, you can come in and Johnny can come in. We can sit here at Radio Law Talk and, and probably figure this thing out. And at the end, everyone will be will sing Kumbaya, and it'll all be done. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Or, or they'll sue us, one or the other. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, that's true. Johnny Depp does, does, like, does have a lot of lawsuits. Now, an important one we're going to discuss that's a, a legal issue that we've been talking about legal issues, but like I'm going to call it a little more legit, as in uh, important, is this warrant requirements. Todd, why don't you lay this out for us? Yes. Yeah, so under the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution, before the law enforcement may search your vehicle or even detain you, they have to have what's called reasonable suspicion that you have engaged in a crime, a crime is about to occur, or a crime is occurring at that time. And usually when you're detained, the general rule of thumb is officers can only detain you long enough to handle the reason you were detained. So if it's a traffic stop, for example, you get pulled over because you got a tail light or you're speeding, they can't keep you on the side of the road while they go out and get the drug sniffing dogs to come out here if they have no other suspicion. It's supposed to take five to 10 minutes for them to write you a ticket for what you, the problem you've got and they move on. Well, in this particular case that was just decided, this individual was pulled over and the officer asked her for her identification. She didn't have it. She didn't have a driver's license. And under a California law, a previous California Supreme Court decision called the Arturo exception, the court determined about 17 years ago that If a person does not have their driver's license, the officer is allowed to search the car for the license. And that had been the status of the law for 17 years. The Supreme Court of California did an about-face on that one recently uh, in the last week. A 4-3 split, but the majority held that based upon recent U.S. Supreme Court law, that stop, that search of the car, if somebody does not have their driver's license, is no longer a valid search. In this particular case, they searched the car. They found methamphetamine. and In she, her purse. In her purse, and she was prosecuted. Now, I, I get them going into the purse for the driver's license. That's where people keep purses. You, you would search for where it's at. But the court held that absent a warrant, 
no, you cannot, you can no longer search the vehicle pursuant to that exception. So, so what's the remedy? What happens when that, when the court says that that's an illegal search, that methamphetamine that they found in her purse, that becomes what we call suppressed. Yes, it's fruit of the poisonous tree. That's right. The, 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 the tree. So if, if you consider evidence as like the apple on the tree, well, can you use that apple off from the tree as evidence in trial? You can if the tree is not poisonous, but you can't if it is poisonous. And the search made the tree poisonous. So they can't use the meth. They could go to trial and they've got no contraband to present to the jury. It's suppressed. The case goes away. Unless they appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court, which I don't know that the prosecution will do. But that is what happened here. And I've got a couple of now, questions now, about how this case turned out. But, well, Denise. Just just want to make a point there sure. that because other um, states do not have this exception and did not have this exception, it might be something that goes to the um, Supreme Court because the um, – the dissenting judge in this case, he said, and it kind of makes sense to me, he says that the Fourth Amendment only protects citizens against unreasonable seizure, and it's reasonable for police to try to verify the identity of the driver, particularly given the prevalence of people trying to avoid identification by hiding their wallets or providing false names. I, I agree, but the reason why I think the U.S. Supreme Court might take it up is because you have a state court trying to interpret what the U.S. Constitution means, and the Supreme Court could take it up. My question is, why couldn't they justify the search based upon the fact that it's against the law to drive your car without your driver's license? You can be arrested for that. It's a misdemeanor. And if that happens, the police can always do an inventory search prior to towing the vehicle. Why didn't that justify it? Yeah, there's, isn't there I, I, thought, I thought it was just an infraction. Uh, de- it depends on who she is and what happened. There's also the reason for the stop. So, um, oh, that's so all, of that, all of that could have happened. Now, this, that might not get you to searching the car because typically you don't search cars for speeding and all that kind of stuff. But if the officer chose to arrest her for the violation... You're not going to leave the car there on the side of the road. You're going to call a tow truck to tow it away. you got to do an inventory search. They'd have found the meth there. A little curious why that didn't justify Yeah, it. they should have. That's what I was trying to figure out. I know that if they're driving erratically, you're able to do what, Cod? You're able to, you know, stop them. That's yeah. good cause. What, now, whether or not that lets you search the vehicle is different, but you can detain them. We are, oh, my gosh, we are at the bottom. We're at the end of our second hour. Hey, thanks for joining us. Hour two, hour number three. We've got a lot of other things to talk about. We'll be back. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. Radio Law Talk Incorporated.